healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last minute. That right there is a lot of Welcome back to the Basement Film Music Lovers. You are now tuning in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. And we are actually back in the basement. It is rebuilt. The technology is better. It's stronger. It's faster. It's got a pretty desk to get us to talk about. Um, and it's it's all in all more comfortable uh, and uh, a little more um, a little more technologically advanced. So we got uh, you know got some upgrades here. So silver linings and all that. Yeah, bad things happen, but then good things sometimes come out of it. Certainly did in this case. Um, this week, we're kicking it off with a discussion about an album we've been waiting a really long time for, Living Color, a band that we're going to tell you more about in a few minutes, uh, out of New York. And they are back with their first album, I believe, in eight years. These guys were huge uh, in the 80s, huge when I was growing up. Uh, changed the face uh, or the course of my my musical listening habits. Uh, so take that for what it's worth. Might be a little biased on this one. Joining me down here is going to be our friend Eduardo Nunez and Mr. Marcus K. Dowling, as usual. Um, and we're going to be uh, we're going to be getting into it. I think it's an important album, and I think it's one that uh, that transcends this this idea. Like, oh, here's a here's a band that's been around forever, but they're making a comeback. Uh, this is this is an album built for 2017, and uh, as such, it's one of my favorites. Little spoilers there. Also, uh, Chance the Rapper's in a little bit of trouble for copyright violations, so we're going to be talking about that. And then, uh, before we get out for the day, for the podcast, I'm going to play a new track from uh, Cold Specs. She has a new album coming out on, I think, 922, called Fool's Paradise. And, uh, you know, this is, a, this is an artist that we've been following since she started, and uh, she's amazing, and now now she's back. So, so there you have it. That is, that's what you're in for. If that feels good to you, if that feels right, if you're comfortable and you have a beverage, let's let's head on down to the basement now. Catch our conversation already in progress. Kicking things off, talking about living colors. Return shade. You guys ready? Yeah. Yes. You ready for this? Ready. You're back in the basement, motherfuckers. Oh, hell uh, yeah. It is a little upgraded. You're sitting on a tiny chair, Eduardo, because it's... we're having a little bit of a struggle here. We have, uh, uh, look, my lady's votes are a little weighted, right? But that, as I explained <laughs> to her last night, I said, hey, look, lady, this area of comfort here that you're going to be in, it's not, it's not, I mean, it's comfortable, but it's not comfortable. It's like, not beanbag comfortable. It's not beanbag comfortable. Yeah, see? So you, <laughs> I saw on, the beanbag. You're on the right side of history here. <laughs> I saw the beanbag. Yeah, you saw the beanbag. So so uh, I put the vote to the internet, and some of our musician friends were like, beanbag. Uh, Hess from Mail the Horse is like, nah, mm-hmm. do a chair. 
So I was like, they spend a lot of time here. <laughs> so, so you know, it all carries weight. But uh, we are uh, we are slowly rebuilding. We have a new desk. We have a new futon. We have a new pretty much everything. For people who are uh, who are listening to this, uh, Kevin looks like Johnny Carson. He's sitting behind like an adult desk. An adult desk. Yeah, an adult desk that an adult could not put in the drawers because it's fucking shitty furniture. <laughs> I just broke it. I see the piece labeled. It's that was the H piece back here. Yes, just in case. It's, yeah. it's supposed to be over there. Uh, at, at any rate, gentlemen, welcome back. It has been hey. a uh, long time since we've been down here, and uh, we are down here today to do a couple things. We're going to be uh, talking about uh, Chance the Rapper. He's in a little bit of hot water. <laughs> we're going to be playing you. Uh, Jesus. Uh, we're going <laughs> to we're going to be playing you a little track uh, at some point uh, that you may or may not have heard. Uh, but but first up, we're going to be talking about living, living Color. So before we get into that, uh, let's play a little track off, off their new album. They have a new album called Shade Out. Uh, and this is, you might recognize this song if you are a fan of the raps. Yeah, the raps. Uh, here, here you go. This is Who Shot You. <laughs> Who Shot You. Separate the weak from the obsolete. Hard to creep them Brooklyn streets. It's on, nigga. Fuck all that bickering beef. You can hear the sweat trickling down your cheek. Your heartbeat sound like side squad feet. Thundering, breaking the concrete. Finish it, stop when I fall the plot. Neighbors call the cops when they heard my shot. And I said, Uh, that that song is uh, "Who Shot You." It is a it's listed on the on the track as a Christopher Wallace, <laughs> notorious B.I.G. motherfuckers. Yeah. Like, even look, I I am not a uh, I do not celebrate his entire catalog. I don't know a lot about it actually, but even I know that song. So fucking uh, <laughs> that, that that was the first single off this. A little background in case you don't know, uh, in case you are much younger than us, which you probably are. Uh, Living Color. Back in 1984, and this was at the peak of MTV, uh, formed up in New York. Yeah. Uh, Vernon Reed was a he was a he's British born. He lived in New York, a guitarist, jazz guitarist. Uh, built up this, uh, and the name escapes me. We dropped it on the uh, Black Alternative podcast. It was sort of a coalition, Black Rock Coalition, Black Rock Coalition. Thank you. Shout out to Rob Field. Shout out to Candy a Crazy Horse. Yeah, all the whole crew, my people. So, so he he was part of this coalition and putting in uh, putting together this band that uh, because. He, People at that time really did look at, at black musicians and be like, you're either going to be a rapper or you're going to be jazz. The idea that you could be uh, a rock person or, heaven forbid, metal. <laughs> yeah. that, 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 and, and I know people now might not understand how like uh, brazen that was, but it was unthinkable. To the American populace, you were in Brazil, right? I, 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 I was indeed. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and, and you know, it just it, it wasn't a thing that that you would see it happen. This this went through a bunch of different iterations. They toured uh, the original lineup of Vernon Reed on guitar, Corey Glover on vocals, Corey Glover of Platoon of fame, Platoon fame, yeah, uh, Will Calhoun <laughs> on drums, and Muzz Skillings on bass. Uh, oh, unleashed mm-hmm. the album Vivid in nineteen. 19- 88. That's how long it took, folks. Four years of them touring. I saw them yeah. probably twice somewhere in Virginia. They thank Virginia 
in the uh, in the credits. But it also takes that long to get a a, a solid record deal. Yeah, yeah. With the budget yeah. to record this record. Yep. When you're black dudes playing rock and roll, because like the one thing that you didn't mention in that open, great open, is that it's like Jimi Hendrix mm-hmm. happened, then he mm-hmm. died, mm-hmm. then black people just didn't play rock and roll you're to right. like the large yeah. right. white mainstream public, and then it's like the Black Rock Coalition kind of springs up in New York, and you get like all of a sudden it's like Living Color breaks out, and then all of a sudden it's like. 87 black people play rock and roll and metal. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and so this this really was an explosion. This was something we had never seen. The, the video for Cult of Personality, which to this day, I, I don't know what the actual ranking is, but I think it's one of the biggest rock songs of all time. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, and, and they walked the line, which I think they continued to their entire career, including up to this album, where they, they were able to... Uh, take what white America viewed as like the scary black man. I mean, here they were dressed up in body glove, right? yes. and, and every every white dude uh, appreciated surfing at that time, right? <laughs> and so and so there was like, wait, he's not that threatening. This isn't like a guy I'm going to see in the quote unquote hood. This is just a right. dude. He's a, he's rad, and this is fucking and his song also jams. Also, neon in that video and too, ne- and, yeah. and neon yeah. and stuff. And, and that album made them com- absolute superstars. They were the biggest. Hard rock band in the world at that point in time. I think when when did you see them, Eduardo? In I Brazil? saw them in '92, okay. and they were touring on Times Up at that right, point, which was another. That was the follow up to that, yeah. yeah. Uh, which they pushed that sound because there was a lot of pop, uh, like Glamour Boys, uh, Open Letter to a Landlord, uh, which way to which way to uh, your America? Yeah, which way to yeah. your America? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. On on uh, Vivid, but on Times Up, they pushed it a little further. Uh, after Time's Up, uh, they they you, you saw a little decline because that little that saccharine rush of like, hey, black people are safe. Yeah, <laughs> like well, we're well, off. No, and, no. Ty- and type was a type was a hit. Type was a hit. But um, it's it's the fact that rap rap emerged, mm-hmm. um, especially yeah. West Coast gangster rap by mm-hmm. that point. Yep. And and this guy, I I I feel I didn't say it on the Black Alternative podcast, but I feel I need to say it now, especially <laughs> given that we're talking about who shot you. Mm-hmm. Black people holding guns always works for white mainstream population. Yeah, no, <laughs> you're right. Does. You're right, and that's what it was like. Gangster rap at that point, like Living Color, weren't holding guns and talking about you know fucking bitches and driving low riders and having yeah. Parliament Funkadelic samples in the middle of their songs. It just wasn't a thing. Yeah, no, they they were just rocking the fuck out. Yeah, and and then uh, so so in ninety was times up. Ninety one was biscuits. Biscuits. Uh, Biscuits, which is yeah. a great EP, uh, which is going to be relevant later on in our discussion. Uh, a, a, feat, a cover of Love, of Love and Happiness yeah. by Al Green. So that, was, that was Talking absolute... Loud, Saying Nothing is on there, yeah, too. Yeah, Talking Loud, Saying Nothing. Uh... And then in 1993, they followed it up, which which to me, I think this is this is their final. This is until this album reached their true potential of a band, Stain. Muzz Skillings left a band mm-hmm. by then. Doug Wimbish. Doug Wimbish yeah. came in, who is a bad man. <laughs> he is a bad motherfucker. And it it was reflected in this uh, one of to this day the punkest albums I think I've ever heard because you have this like Wimbush's bass lines on that are so uh, earth shaking so disparate from what else is going on like you have this huge bottom end but you also hear like every single thing yeah it was amazing and uh, and after that they sort of went away a little bit. Except they didn't, which is the weird thing. They just like they never they didn't break up like LCD Sound System, right? <laughs> they didn't. They didn't. Right. Well, there they, was did, no they did break up at some right, point. Right, right. Yeah. But they but they just said we're going to pursue other things, and then 
kind of quietly in 2003, they came back with um, the Kaleidoscope album. Yes. And I have to admit to not having listened to that one or The Chair in the Doorway, I think. Yeah. Uh, until until this week. Um, and um, and those are really interesting albums to go back and listen to, especially yeah. Kaleidoscope, because it's kind of a mess. It has a lot of weird, different sonic textures. Mm-hmm. It, it It does some things that, like, that a conventional hard rock band would not be able to do. Like, um, I always got well, the, the sense. Yeah, go ahead. I always got the sense with uh, Living Color that like their entire rise was due to MTV, mm-hmm. like entirely, like and, and dominating that color palette yeah, that was so essential like, to like. Right there, they're the one like them and Fishbone both broke. MTV yeah, jumped yeah. in, boom, gone out the window. Then it's like when MTV was like grunge instead of metal mm-hmm. yeah yeah and they weren't willing to go like dark and like dissonant well, in that sense th- yeah. that's what the weird thing about stain was is that they did and nobody wanted it because it, it, because people at the time were still like they, they wanted they, but they, it's also the fact they were black yeah and that's yeah. why i think Be- because because <laughs> right. there was always this like they always were able to and they've always been a political band and they've always been able to sell their politics into a, a in, in a way they understand the biz. They understand the popness of it. They right. understand how to write a good song. They understand how to write a hook. They come from like the tradition of American music, period. Right. Mm-hmm. And and are are sort of filtering all of it through themselves. And and that's just always been their mo. On Stain, they were like I said, they were just doing punk like better than anybody because by that point, obviously, they've heard everything that's going on here. Uh, yeah, I mean, they'd heard everything yeah. that was going on here in DC. That, Early on, but this is when they were like switch over the, the side it, and people were like, I don't know, slightly uh, militant uh, black metal guys. Maybe maybe we're not down with this. It was clear the media didn't really know what to do with like because I subscribed yeah. to you know Spin or whatever at the time, like, and they just didn't. Right. They were sort of like this band from the eighties is still around and releasing music. Right. We don't we don't quite know what to make of that. Even though Leave It Alone, I think did probably you know do the equivalent of charting or whatever like, it was sure, uh, it sure. was on you know what was then the mtv top 10 alongside crash test dummies and <laughs> anyway um no the the funny thing is that we spoke we speak a lot about we speak a lot about mtv because again it's very important that it's been yeah. um one day mtv played all the metal i was like 13 around this point yeah they were just playing metal out of the ass and i i this was like the era of like music that I adore because I watched MTV every day. Then one day you just woke up and it was like Nirvana and Pearl, and Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. And then it was like Temple of the Dog. And then it was mm-hmm. like Soundgarden. And then you're like, where'd the metal go? And it just left. And all of the metal left. It was yeah. like the level of control. Again, people have to understand this. The level of control MTV had over the industry in the early 90s cannot be undersold. No. Like the no. amount of influenced at having compelling visuals and making the sound that was in the top five on MTV at eight o'clock at night, every night. That was the win. I, I would stay up for headbangers ball on Saturday more often than I would for 120 minutes on Sundays. Yeah, but they never, a, but like even headbangers ball at a certain point, like died out. Yeah. Oh, it, sure like did. it just became really, really fucking lame. It went the way of Pantera. You're just like, Oh, <laughs> it jumped to VH1. Yeah. It was, it was weird. You know? So like, so living color, we're trapped in this weird vortex where it was like, and this is what actually makes this album work. It's funny. They were trapped in this vortex of like being too black for metal, metal not being cool, and then also just not being 
into like the rap aesthetic. Right. Right. And that's the funny thing about this record is that all of those things that we just mentioned that I just mentioned yeah. are all what make this record. Great. Yeah, and, and I don't know if they were they were not tuned into the rap aesthetic. I think they probably were. I think it just didn't surface on on what they were doing. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, it's weird. Yeah, this is because because let's jump forward to now and shade. Uh, this was an album. I think he announced it back in like 2010. Like that they were saying, Corey Glover was like, "We're just going to follow up uh, chair in the doorway real quickly," and it didn't. It didn't have. I've been asking uh, their reps about this for three years, mm-hmm. so it's been it's been a long time coming. And um, but they they weirdly on shade, uh, you know, take everything we've said, and then they they sort of went all the way back. They all this this is all the quotes from this, all the interviews. They're saying like this is sort of their their blues album, get in touch with the blues. Mm-hmm. But this is their tradition, and and you can dig through all like. Uh, Love rears its ugly head. Oh, like that's a blue, yeah, that's a blue yeah. song, and so so you can dig back into it. And this this gets into this idea of them being just filters for not just I think African American music in America, but like but music, like the history of that, and and so yeah, you're right. They integrate that a lot more, and they do it on this track right now that we're gonna play, uh, which is an awesome track. Yeah, and I've heard I've heard a lot of indie bands do the same sentiment of this track. And fuck it up. Right. And this is this is how they, it should be done, kids. Because they just don't know. They just don't know this program. Majority's racist against the minority races for the problems to be resolved in the race. It's gonna take more than the march of watch it to stay around sharp as the base. Cops always harass the brothers, they like Clorox bleach. Good for whites, bad for color. So when they ask the searches, I get nervous. Cause Mike Brown was shot down by the people hired to protect the service. Went from enlightenment to a dark zone. Millions of dumb people walking around with a smartphone. Everybody dressing the same as y'all clones, like we wearing a uniform. Being unique as rare as a unicorn. Refuse to do the norm and just accept yourself. Stop trying to be like everybody else except yourself. You free your mind, you do anything that you wish to. Ignorance is bliss, I refuse to be blissful. Man. Program with the unnamed rapper there. <laughs> um, you know, we've been trying to look this up and we can't because we suck at the internet, but we will we'll put it we'll find out, we'll put it in the show notes. I will ask. It's, about that, it's it's absurdly difficult to figure out who is who actually delivers the rap but, verse but on this. I think it doesn't song, matter but, though because what right. it's doing is it's it's talking about uh, you have Scarface talking in the beginning, mm-hmm. and, and it's a, it's a criticism of uh, in a large part our obsession with media mm-hmm. these days and what it's doing to us, and it mixes like the most popular outside country uh, medium rap with 
this which feels ancient but vital. Yeah. Right? And and in that it's like it's just, it's just a genius song. And it, and I think that spirit you can feel it all over this album, dude. There's there's a weird thing. Uh, so 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 I think that's that's like just absolutely spot on. I think I think there's there's a kind of uh there's something happening here with the songs with the with the way that they chose to structure this that that makes them sound kind of more alive um than they have in the past um but but there's also this interesting thing i think that we were just alluding to before the break which is that you know living color even though they probably could have incorporated rap into their music um and you know because bring the noise happened before time's up um mm-hmm. anthrax right? it, i mean it's the um well we were talking about judgment night yeah right yeah. but but and so and so they're the only black band on judgment night yes right? yeah. every other band By is far. white every other band yeah. is like so fucking white but, but and they pair them up with yeah. one dmc like it's yeah, not yeah. just living color like they still need the rap element and so and and they're not active in the late 90s when 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 metal rap well, is becoming, th- th- it's think about um, talk about another band that we've actually talked to. Think about how long it took people to come around to death. Those yes. guys, those guys were out there. Like the Hackney Brothers were all out there, and uh, it took a person making that documentary to come around to it. But until that point, I think these guys, except for you have like Kings X, which isn't you know yeah. like was it Seven Dust Three? Like you ha- you have. Aside from Bad Brains, you have, like, integrated bands, but you don't have a fully, like, African-American band. Right. A fully black band. And then, so they're sort of, like, carrying the torch, when even when they're not making records, that allowed, like, people to be like, oh, death. Yeah. Well, and it would have been so easy for them to say, oh, well, people are doing rap and metal now. Like, we're going to do that because right. we should, like, we should be the first to do that. But, right? And, but to and, be perfectly honest... The stuff that like Kid Rock and Limp Bizkit and Corn and all those guys were doing was like corny by comparison. Because it oh, was yes. like, because it's like, <laughs> yeah, the, I'm not defa- like, I, no, 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 I, I want to be no, I'm just saying, clearly on the, the record. Living Color would have put out a, a, a Smash Mouth kick ass record. And because, wait, 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 back up. <laughs> Smash Mouth kick ass? Yeah, just like beat you in the face kick ass record. Okay. Not, not Smash Mouth like All Star. Okay. No. But, mm. uh, but it's the idea of like, okay, so like the, 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 the rap, rap metal became cool because rap was everywhere and you couldn't right. do yep. anything with it in the early 2000s. So it was like, okay, let's just put rap with everything. Everybody's gonna have a rapper. It's like the yeah. Oprah Winfrey song, you know. Yeah. It's like you're gonna have a rapper, and you're gonna have a rapper, and Limp Bizkit, you're gonna have all the rappers. So, <laughs> Kid Rock, you can have a midget rapper. Exactly right. It was it's, right, Joe C. Yeah, shout out to Joe C. Yeah, but uh, but it's like it, Living Color, and it's great that Scarface begins this song, and he talks about mm-hmm. seeing. And I made a point, and I want to make it again. The only way that he would have seen. That was not on MTV, but on Jukebox Network, which was like the yeah, place probably. where like black music, but when MTV, MTV only had like X number of black artists for like the better part of like the first 15 years probably. that yeah. MTV existed as a channel. And then it was like, oh, LL Cool J is, you know, like has a new album coming out. Let's <laughs> make him a thing. And then, oh, let's make Snoop and Dre a thing. And then it was like Eminem. Oh, it's a white rapper. Oh, let's do rap again. Let's go. But, um... <laughs> But I think the the most important thing to mention about this is that it was underground. It was like an above-ground, underground thing. For sure. So, like, Living Color 
which speaks to the strength of this record, is that they operate in this space that's like safely between both. Whereas, like you know, you find some black bands like Death, which like goes all the way down to the underground. You literally have to like dredge through yep. history and time and dust them off and live in color because they existed to black people on the underground and to white people in the mainstream, which I think is another important point. They're able to occupy a very like weird spot where when they hit it, and this plays in the right where we're yeah, about yeah. to play, yeah, yeah. when they hit it, and they hit like the, the the sweet spot between those two, the songs again, like the early, like, you know, because this is on the same level as like cult personality, Love Hurts His Ugly Head, oh, yeah, like, I, I, all I, of I, those I like so, yeah. fantastic like pop hits. Who shot just the same way? But yeah. But let's get to this. But well, we we will. And, and to that point, you know, I, I was half joking when I said, you know, they, they are uh, you know, everybody's black friend. Yeah. Like everybody's music. But but the reality is 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 just that. And and that's a uh that's a precarious position, I, I would imagine. Yeah, I, if, I, Mike, if, Michael Jackson, if Michael Jackson or the Sorry well, no, was no. not cool for you, then <laughs> Living Color was cool. As, as a you're as a black man, you're a black man. And that, that's a that's a precarious and very brave position to put yourself in. Yeah, I'm every, I'm, like, I have a lot of white to, friends to to like like True. walk that the straddle that line of in the service of getting your message out understanding what it takes to do that that's like the realest so, thing ever is the truth yeah, yeah. And, and 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 so to to like be have in your heart like malcolm x but understand like dr king you have to like get the stuff out i mean it, it's it's beautiful and and on this there's a bunch of covers on here there's robert johnson mm-hmm. preaching blues which is amazing um we played who shot Chip, but this one I think everybody in this room it took by surprise because first of all, <laughs> on, on paper it's a no, it's a hard no well, for me. Yeah. But, <laughs> right. On paper, yeah, I didn't even recognize it. I was like, "There's, nah, that's got to be something else." Yeah. And then, and then I heard it, and it was, it was like, "Oh, okay." Sure. Corey so Glover's vocal. So the yeah. Corey Glover's vocal, and we're gonna get back to that if we hear a little of this. But uh, these badasses covered "Inner City Blues" by Marvin Gaye. Glover, uh, can we take a minute to talk about this guy? This motherfucker, besides turning in a stellar performance of Platoon, 
I can't. <laughs> uh, you know, back in in the eighties and early nineties, he had one of the most amazing voices. This is now over twenty years later, mm-hmm. and still, I mean, he he went on. He he'll play with anybody. You find them on like weird jam band cruises. Yeah, he is the yeah. voice of Galactic. He is, uh, yep. which is you know New Orleans funk, and and this is again engaging and and feeding and nourishing and and being nourished by the African American tradition in music and truly thoroughly like getting into it. Uh, it's remarkable, and 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 so I I I would love to have been in the room where like, hey guys, are we going to do this? Because you know they've done this live for years, right? But. This song in particular is such a heavy song at the end of what's going on. Yeah. Such a he- it's like what's going on is all about um <laughs> like all it's essentially like a Vietnam vet which is yeah. okay returning from the war and being like what's going on and stuff. But then it gets into like the whole album's political and this is the point where it's like no motherfuckers you are going to listen to me mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about it. And that song will always be relevant. Hearing it in this form in 2017 is the most relevant. The only more relevant thing is something we are going to talk about later on is our friend Aaron Abernathy's album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His, his uncle Ralph Abernathy right. uh, inspired these guys. I mean, this is uh, – my point is is like whether or not they meant to do this, which I'm sure they did, they, they've created like this album. We talked on the last podcast about LCD Sound System. And, and being responsible to the time, and this is this is what we're talking yeah. about. Period. I, I think the point I was trying to make in the last segment that I didn't quite know how to get out is that uh, for a band that might have been expected to embrace rap early on in their career and who never did, and who always sort of kept it at arm's length, mm-hmm. to then to all of a sudden on this album say, you know what, we're going to feature it, but, but alongside Robert Johnson. And Marvin Gaye, because you know what? Right. Because we're embracing the entire kind of African diaspora uh, musical idiom encyclopedia, right? Yeah. And and you can't do that without rap. So that's I think I think that adds to the feeling of homecoming of saying basically, um, unlike one of the mid two thousands albums when they covered Back in Black by ACDC, yeah. which was not <laughs> not something I found but, necessary. But, but they hinted but, at this. That's why when we were talking about biscuits, uh, they hinted at this um, with the Al Green cover. Yeah. Like this has always been in their arsenal. This mm-hmm. is always they're all because they're just like black dudes who came up in black me I mean, this is you know, we talk a lot about on this podcast about people making music are just people making music. They're not superstars or not and they came up on what they should what you came up what yeah. everybody should come up on. Really. And that they can execute it on it as well yeah. is amazing. Uh, well and less 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 lest it sound like we're saying that that they're sort of tied to one side of that experience. I mean I should I should point out that two of my favorite songs of all time, Desperate People by the Talking Heads and Rebel Rebel by David Bowie, I was introduced to by Living Color. Right. Right. So as a thirteen year old seeing exactly. Living Color in Rio, they played the song Rebel Rebel, how, which I had never heard before. I didn't how, have access to David yeah. Bowie's records. How many in, people in were at song. that show? It was a large show. It was about 35, 40,000 people. Yeah. You know who else was on the bill? Uh, EMF. Yes. Yes. Seal. That would. Oh, and, damn. Oh. And Jesus Jones. I yes. saw, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're right. The now. Ho- Hollywood Rock Festival, 1992 in Rio. It oh, was man. Awesome. Okay. So I want yeah. to say, like, Marvin Gaye Vocals and I have a, have a weird, like, relationship. There's been numerous times I've seen like live bands and you, know, you go and you're like, oh, this is going to be the band. And like as a music journalist, people will tell you, this is the band. 
and you sit down and you watch the band and then like some foolhardy like young soul singer person will say i'm gonna do a cover of marvin Gaye's, and i'm just like no I'm like i'm like wait 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 this could be and then like two notes in i'm like i i can't do anything with you you're <laughs> you're you're done right i have no use for you whatsoever so like there's like two times outside of this there's like two times and like the last 25 years that I've enjoyed a, a Marvin Gaye cover. The second one is, if you look at Standing in the Shadows of Motown, which is a documentary mm-hmm. about the Funk Brothers, mm-hmm. Ben Harper kills Ain't No Mountain High Enough in That's a way right. where you're just like, oh, I didn't, I never saw Ben Harper at that light before. Steal My Kisses? Like, this is <laughs> a whole well, different other thing than that. But yeah, so, but the thing with doing Marvin's vocal right is that you can't act like you're singing like Marvin Gaye. You have to actually be like a black person and say, what does this vocal mean? What do these words mean to me? And we, then we've, and it comes out of you if you if you if you hit that 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 like feeling right, mm-hmm. it just bleeds out of you. That's exactly right. And we've talked about that about the blues and people playing the blues before, and that's exactly why Ben I, I, I will never listen to Ben Harper album. I will listen to that song because like it it's tapping into experience to say, like, I can't even. I can only appreciate, and I will. Like, uh, it's, I've listened to the vinyl of what's going on. Well, I've listened to the album since the election easily, like, once a day. Yeah. So, uh, and you should, too, if you if you need help. <laughs> I might need help for listening to it that much. But, but, yeah, I can't ever produce that. I can't ever. There's nothing in my experience. There's nothing in my ancestors. Nothing. And... That somebody like Ben Harper can get to it, that they they can get to it, yeah, is and it's not even like he tries. No, that's the crazy part. Yeah. It's like he just opens his mouth and it's like there it is. <laughs> and you're just like, like I'm I'm sitting on it. I'll, I'll tell you story. I was telling Eduardo earlier. I was sitting on the metro listening to this album, and I'm basically deaf. I work at a nightclub. I was a DJ for ten years, so like I can't hear anything. Like you have to be really close for me to like really hear what you're saying. So, like, I listen to music absurd, obscenely loud. And this woman is sitting next to me. And she looks at me and she goes, is that the new Living Color album? I'm like, yes. She goes, okay, that's cool. Are they covering Inner City Blues? I said, yes, yes, they are. And she's like, I'm not even going to ask for your, your headphone or anything. I'm just going to sit next to you and listen <laughs> if that's okay. And I'm like, that's perfectly okay. And then it was done, and she's like, I rode past my stop just to hear this. And I said, yeah. you're absolutely welcome. No problem. It's yeah. that good. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it is that good. And, and I, think, I think the whole album is that good. I mean, this is I, – I, look, I'm, I'm a Living Color stan. I, I worked the, the crew at Virginia Tech when they came and played on the type tour. Nice. Uh, and I and, uh, still oh, have yeah. the T-shirt. It, it does not fit my leg at this point. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, so I, I – you know, we tried to set up an interview with them last year around the election. It didn't work out because it, we are going to talk to them when they're in D.C. Hopefully next time. Uh, this is uh, this album just excites me for it being met. I don't yeah. listen to metal a, a, almost ever as as metal. I, I, I look for in music. I look for it to have soul. I look for it to have meaning. And this has all of it. And, and this is like a 100 a percent like beyond by for me. This is just fucking like. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It is. 
Yeah, it's a it's it's a buy, right? Is that, is that <laughs> it's a buy. Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely yeah. a buy. It's yeah. absolutely a buy. If, yeah. for, if for no other reason, it probably took them three years to release this because they had to get the the rights to release the three covers on this record that are uh, yeah, all fantastic. Yeah, I, I think I can't wait. Our, so Timothy uh, Ann Burnside from the African American History Museum yeah. was going to be here tonight. She is on her way back from hanging out with them. And I know. Prophets of Rage at. Uh, at, at the Apollo show, and uh, yeah. apparently it was amazing. They, they they performed. This is what I love. They went on Seth Meyers and performed Wall <laughs> off of Stain. Like the, yeah. the connection between that, yep, yep. you know, and and the idea that like what they were talking about. If if you haven't heard Stain, please listen right. to it and listen to uh, it. A lot of it is about police brutality against blacks. Mm-hmm. Rodney King. Yeah. Yep. Happened around that point. Yeah. So, yeah. And that it was that long ago, and then we still have it. That we're still it. Fucking mind blowing. But they're still here, man. Oh yeah. And, and that's all. Like so. God bless. So it. we were talking about leaders, and we need leaders in music. I think these are these guys are, are some of the leaders. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think they're ready to do it now. I, I think they stepped up, and I think because they can put on a like, grown they, ass men. Grown ass yeah, men. Right. Grown ass men, they can go entertain in Vegas, or they can play a fucking like punk as fuck show. And 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 they're all basically as good as you can be at their respective instruments. Absolutely. Like, like if you were putting together an all star band, yeah. like you would consider any of the four members of Living Color for their respective roles by in, far, in this all star band, right? So by far. Yeah. Right. Uh, so that that's shade. Uh, go out and get it, kids. When we come back after a quick break here, chance the rappers in Jesus! a little trouble, and we're gonna talk about it. Crazy. <laughs> Windows is off of Chance the Rapper's uh, 10 Day. This was Chance's, uh, and I say this looking at his uh, Chance the Rapper social experiment tour that I saw at the Fillmore, Silver Spring. This was Chance's first uh, mixtape, brought him to, to fame. Uh, after that, later was more famously Acid Rap, which is still one of my favorite mm-hmm. albums by just about anybody. Yeah. Um, which made me sad because then Coloring Book exists, and that's just a flaming piece did you introduce the shit. song as chance the rapper's song though windows yes no no that, <laughs> okay. no no no, no, no. Okay. Song, so so now what, what what's happened is his chance has been slapped with a uh, a uh, a copyright suit uh much in the actually very different than the blurred lines one yeah because the, the blurred lines one was all about the feel of it this is just saying 
bro, you straight up ripped me off. I mean, um, you took my song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, New York-based jazz musician uh, named Abdul Wali Muhammad. Uh, his his name used to be uh, Eric P. Saunders. Basically, he wrote a song called Bridge Shoot Time and said that uh, Chance used this on his mixtape and uh, and has since profited from it and become a superstar. Meanwhile, uh, he's, you know, a New York jazz musician. How it, dare, it, how dare he, he's slapped he, in the face he, of the he's Lord. He's just hanging out about that. So uh, I, I want to talk a little bit and briefly about less about, uh, because we talk a lot about copyright on here, and if if you want, like, I can direct you to people like Casey or whatever that can explain all the yeah. thing. But but the idea is is that in hip hop, especially if you are going to use uh, a sample or something, it can it has to remain free. Mm-hmm. That is, that and and this is where it gets this is where it gets messy. But I do believe it still falls under fair use. A lot of what we do falls under fair use. A hundred percent does. Um, well, yeah, it's not a lot. A hundred percent of what we do. But Chance isn't a critic. Chance is an artist and stuff. And so, if you want to make a thing and put it out in the world and use whatever you want, I highly encourage that. But if that thing then makes you famous, uh, you you have to turn around and make reparations and and uh, acknowledge like where you got stuff from, especially at the level of Chance, because Chance got investors off of, off of this shit. Right. And and has turned into one of essentially a a, a self-made music mogul. He's a he's a corporation. Right. Yeah. Right. And and so if you read through we'll put the link in the show notes if you if you read through the this the suit and everything uh it's actually pretty spot on. It's pretty cut and dried. Yeah. It's just like here's my song, here's this song. He used it. Like there's It is it is clearly the song. It is, yeah. it, it, is, yeah. no, it is clearly the song. Yeah. And 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 so what what I think is going to happen is, uh, is essentially like he's going to either have to settle, which I don't think he's going to let him settle. No, or no. But but so what, well, because the, the dude's a lawyer now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. The perfect person to steal a sample from, or just jack his entire song, is a lawyer. Yeah, that's 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 the way to go, Chance. Um, and and yeah. and so so what this hap what this could do. Is the thing that we uh, I just read a thing on Spotify about like rights and stuff. What nobody wants is for precedent to be set, but this could be it. I mean, like I just I, I I when I picked out the story, I didn't realize that that's where I was going with it. But I think this could actually be it because you think of the empire that Chance has built and all the goodwill, which has been started to get torn down a little bit. But but if he successfully gets sued right and has to pay the damages for this mixtape like baltimore hip-hop out of business yeah i just want to point out that um like the main issue with this is that you have to look at revenue in the music industry unless you're 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 like a taylor swift or beyonce or somebody that's like so plugged into the major label like one percenter model Mm mm-hmm is a very capped industry. Like you can't make the money that Chance the Rapper is making across the board. Yeah. Like you can't. It's not possible. Right. So like you have to think if you're at that chance to if you're at that point, if you're if you're an independent artist and you want to remain independent, but you still want to make all the money, which is not possible again. You have to like think, what is the cap at which I can make revenue? But then I have to pay literally every single other hand that touches my music. Right. And Chance 
because the internet's this place where people are just like, yeah, I put some songs up and I did some mm-hmm. shit, and then next thing you know, it was like, wham, bam, boom, mm-hmm. I'm making $10 million. Like, no, it doesn't work that way. you talking about SoundCloud rap. Yeah, you have to like... Which is not the industry, but... Right, but it is, though. There's a whole... Uh, indif- there is, there is Chance, an industry. Chance though. is the one yeah. artist who really has figured out a way to like monetize this, and now you're starting to see all of the stuff whittle away from Chance like building his entire model this way. Because I'm pretty sure that he's thinking, no one's going to ever catch me because I'm Chance the Rapper, magical, <laughs> magical happy black guy. I, I, and- I wonder, and, I, and, I, and I, I'm not going to say I don't think, but I wonder if it's even that insidious. I, I, think, it, I think it is at some point... It becomes insidious when you have investors. Well, there, there's an entitlement that comes along with being an artist, and that you, you know, like what's the line? Um, uh, it's not from Bono, but I'm gonna quote it from the fly: "Like every poet is a thief, or whatever." And you know, yeah. and, and that's true. Like every idea is recycled and stuff. In an age where we have technology, that we can just recycle upon recycle Me. upon recycle and directly rip and make iterative works. That's the <laughs> thing. Like Kanye. In, in context of this, there was a story about because uh, Walter Becker just died, Steely Dan, yes. or odd some, and and but there's a Steely Dan sample on uh, Kanye's song, mm-hmm. and he got it by handwriting a letter to Donald Fagan, right? And this is somebody, and Kanye knows because, but he knows to do this because he is in he he was in the producing business. He knows right. how to get stung. Yeah. If you're just a kid who got kicked out of on ten day suspension yes. for smoking weed. That's the last thing that's going to cross your mind. So, but you, so I'm actually on the side of this. Like, I I think he needs to pay the guy a lot of fucking money. You a lot of fucking no, money. No, you. But I'm worried about to. what that precedent sets because well, it caps. It's it's a beautiful thing for me. I think that it it caps. I mean, I'm a socialist too. Let's yeah, not sure. <laughs> dissuade that notion from any of this. I'm a socialist. So if there is a proper salary cap for the idea of I'm going to remain fiercely independent, then yes, I'm for that. And yes, it's a good thing because yes, you have to like actually own up to everybody that helped you succeed. If that is the way you choose to succeed, then yes. If you choose to succeed by going to a label and saying, hey, here's this long list. You throw out a list of a thousand names, you say, pay these guys. Then you don't have to worry about paying anybody. Yeah. (laughs) You know? So it's like, but if you choose to be an independent artist... And you choose, and we and we choose to believe that independents are as relevant as mainstream labels. Then there's a cap on this side because you well, have to pay these people; well, they have to get paid. Like that's just that's just the laws of life. Yeah. And and am I am I wrong in thinking that the ideal outcome, um, and it's we're past that point now, but 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 the way you would hope that this would work out if there are a bunch of adults in the room, is that at some point Chance says, "Holy shit, I'm loaded now." I've never sold a single one of my songs. Um, I need to go back and talk to the, I need to reach out to everyone that I sampled, everyone that I borrowed from and acknowledge them that. somehow. Right. And, and I want to have that conversation. And, uh, I know, I know, I know. It's, it's, a, it's a dangerous precedent to set a little bit. <laughs> and, 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 and that's my thing. It's a, it's a dangerous, pre- but maybe it needs to be, I mean, I, I can't, I, I just can't, wrap my head around it like well it's an accounting gimmick right that's good chances 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 a successful professional musician who does not sell music so yeah. therefore he is what allowed to use anyone's music for free because he doesn't sell it 
Yeah. Right, and he has but, no obligation to the people who created the work originally because but, he gets his money from touring and from his investors instead of... Yeah, right. so, like, that's, 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 that's an accounting the, gimmick. That's all that is. That's, that's going to cost, that that, cost a lot of retweets. That's all I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, Shout out to and, Twitter. Yeah. We're playing the Chance the Rapper game. Good job, guys. Well, and well, let's not... Party. You know, he still deserves a heaping pile of scorn for killing um, the uh, music journalism and the th- actually the entire journalism side of MTV.com, basically. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And that's something that that if if um, if the media were as thin skinned and as childish as we all think they were, like he should <laughs> never get an ounce of good press again because he basically went to MTV and demanded people's heads. I mean, what, yeah. what, what, what did um, Ivan Drago say? Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> I must break you. If he dies, right. he dies. Oh, okay. If he dies, wrong quote. If he dies, he dies. If he, if he dies, dies, he dies. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, but, but I mean, for other artists, like, operating this, this is this is the concern here, because we are, and this is, we're not on, on a later episode, we're going to be talking about um, how Spotify is getting sued again. <laughs> Um, for the mechanical, for the mechanicals, but they just lobbed a, a, a grenade and said, "You know what? Fuck you! You're going to have to define mechanicals. You can't, you can't make this money for right? free." And, and so, mm. the me- mechanical for all you guys who don't know is the actual deliverable thing, so your CD and stuff. Right. So if you define streams as over-the-air content and stuff, it's not mechanical. But people have been really hesitant to to actually define that because if if musicians lose to the corporations there goes a revenue stream for them Man. and and this yeah. is the way the game well, is played yeah. kids no it is, is that instead of doing what's right and and actually defining stuff and just being like let's figure out the model they're like no let's push it around because until we're comfortable and get stuff done so with this i worry that it actually can go through because there is no design <laughs> it's the same fucking song yeah, right so so what is is what's the compensation like you know, he's demanding, like, all copies of 10-day be... Like, you can't destroy all copies right. of 10-day. Like, right, that, that, that cat is literally out of the bag. You can barely get 10-day, <laughs> like, now. Right. Like, he, so just, he, just, he just wants a check for $10 million, You're probably. Right. Yeah. Like, literally a check written like like he won a golf tournament, mm-hmm. you know, delivered by a smiling Chance the Rapper in his yep. little number three hat. Yep. And he wants the two of them to be standing there with their big golf-sized check with all those zeros, and then it'll just go away. Yeah. And that's, and, but, but the problem is that that's what every musician wants. Yeah. That's looking at the rap industry yep. right now and going, you know what? Little, little, little indie little, rapper dude. Little guy, Chano from 79th. You know, you know, screw you. And it's a, it's a swift kick to the balls and they just want their big check with all the zeros. Yep. So get all your golf, golf turbo checks ready. Yeah. That's about it. That's about it, guys. Um, so, you know, good luck to Chance and good luck to this guy. I mean, <laughs> we'll follow up on it. How about that? I'll wish him luck. I'm not going to say whether it's good or bad. <laughs> just, gotcha. I just I just want to find his his accountant because that guy, that guy having to pay all those, they having to pay literally every single person that the social experiment ever considered dope or Chance's right. weed carrier homeboy dude man who listens to SoundCloud thought it was dope. Yep. Man. Whole bunch of people to get checks. I, I still yeah. think "Same Drugs" is not a bad song, though. I listen, it's not. I listen it's to not it every now all. and again. It's not. <laughs> it's saying. it's the saving grace it's, of non coloring yeah. book. It is, that's yeah. it. Um, so we're gonna take a quick break. You guys are gonna go away. Thank you for being here. Right on. Uh, and when we come back, uh, I'm gonna play a little track. I think you're gonna like it. See you in a few minutes.
Thanks again to Marcus and Eduardo for hanging out. It's always a good time down here. We always have fun. Always have fun and and uh, and get to talk about music and hopefully turn you on to some new music. Right now, that's exactly what we're going to be doing. Now, we've been covering this next artist since the site began. I think it was one of the first things we covered uh, because she is awesome. Ladan Hussein, otherwise known as Cold Specs uh, from Canada. And everything is better in Canada, kids. Um, but originally, uh, back in the day, she was, uh, she was sort of a purveyor of what she self-described as doom soul. Uh, if you haven't heard her previous two records, please go back and seek them out. Uh, they are, uh, they are gorgeous. They're absolutely gorgeous. Uh, Jim James took notice. So I think that was the last time I saw her, uh, open up for Jim James and it was, it was beautiful. Uh, now she is back, uh, put a little more pop into the sound, uh, sort of brighten it up and, uh, and the results are are kind of kind of great. So she's got a new track out now called Void before the album comes out on September 22nd. We're going to play that for you right now. So here you go. Uh, Cold Specs, Void, off her upcoming album, Fool's Paradise. Feels 
was Void off of Fool's Paradise. It's coming out on uh, Arts and Crafts record label on September 22nd. Uh, we're going to probably be reviewing that album because, uh, honestly, we love our work. That's, that's, and that's how this works. Uh, but just wanted to get that in your ears while we can. Uh, give you the heads up so you can go out on September 22nd and uh, pick that shit up. And then I believe she's going to be doing a tour, but we'll have more info on that later. Um, but if she's coming to your town... Uh, to help you party down. Please, please get out and see her. You will not regret it. That is our podcast uh, for this Monday. Kicking off the week with uh, with just a great album here. And uh, if you liked what you heard, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can leave us a uh, rating or a, a review there. That is always helpful. A, a star. What is actually more helpful is something that we just started. We are now on Patreon. I believe it's patreon.com uh, slash chunky glasses uh, and, and what this is is basically uh it's almost like a tip jar i think if you believe in what we're doing if you really like what we're doing and and want to want to sort of express that with your dollars this is the way to do it uh this takes uh not a lot of money necessarily it took a lot of money to set up but uh but it takes a lot of time and i have a amazing crew of all volunteers these people have been volunteering for over seven years now, and uh, this is the year that we're like, well, you know what? Uh, this work should be rewarded um, because as much as we enjoy doing it, and honestly, as much as we would do it simply because we're like that, we're nerds, uh, you know, it never hurts to have a little extra beer money, a little extra money to put gas in the tank, uh, or a little extra money to maybe hire, uh, hire a band to play a showcase for you guys. So uh, go there. Uh, we're asking for a dollar, like minimum five dollars, whatever. We'll like read your name in the credits. For example, uh, our first donor, our first supporter, Mr. Justin Bland, who used to write a lot for this site, used to be on the podcast back in the early days. He's doing five bucks a month. Uh, that's pretty easy. Uh, I think definitely if you live in Washington D.C., um, it should be should be okay. So so get out and do that. I'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, if you if you don't listen to us on Apple Podcasts, we are on. Google Play, Stitcher, Mixcloud, still waiting to hear about Spotify, but I'm pretty sure we're going to be up there uh, pretty soon. Always on the site at ChunkyGlasses.com. Uh, those go up every Monday and Thursday. And while you're there, hang out and check out the work of Mr. Matt Kahn and Mr. Mauricio Castro. They're out there covering live shows pretty much every night here in D.C., although Matt just got back from England and Hopscotch. Uh, so we're, we're pretty much everywhere, and we're, uh, you know, we add to the team occasionally. And stuff, but uh, but th- those guys are the guys that drive it. And uh, I, you know, I did this work back in 2012, and uh, I, it burned me out. I'm astounded that uh, that they they are doing the quantity and the quality of what they're doing. It's amazing. So so, and that Patreon supports them too. They get they get as much of that as everybody here gets. It's like a socialist little thing. Uh, we're all gonna split it. Um, so that's it. That's our podcast. Come back on Thursday. We're gonna be talking about. A really groovy album from a guy named Tyler Childers. He is uh, he's a country and western artist or Americana or whatever. Has a new album out called Purgatory, produced by one Sturgis Simpson. I think you're going to like it if you haven't heard it already. Uh, so that's it. We'll be back in a few short days. Until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. Talk to you soon.
<laughs> Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>